Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by Culture at NL Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome to our next episode of our Culture at NL Libraries podcast, For the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson and I'm the services librarian for the service. And I'm joined today by Judy Maguire, who is a customer service librarian at Airdrie Library, and also Russell Brown, who is the digital and support services manager for Culture NL Libraries. So welcome guys to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thank Hello. you. Hiya. Um, and the topic that we're going to be chatting about today is one that I think is quite an interesting one. Um, we have, we are doing our fictional friends list. So basically it's it's kind of anyone who's a fictional character who you would we would like to kind of maybe have on our social media friends list uh, in real life. Um, did you guys find it difficult to kind of put together a list for this one, Russell? Did you find that one a difficult one? I found it difficult to uh, keep it down to one, who was the, just the, my main best friend, because um, there's so many different amazing characters. So that that was hard, I'll be honest. Fantastic. And Judy, how about you? Did you struggle with, with, with creating yeah, your list? I would agree that there are loads you could actually choose, and to narrow it down is probably the most difficult bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. Um, so we're going to run through a few different sort of categories, if you like. We're going to have our best friends or favourites, um, and then a list of just uh, some other people we would like to have on our friends list. The, we're also going to have a kind of little chat about sort of controversial ones, maybe people we wouldn't necessarily want as friends, but we'd maybe kind of keep an eye on for um, who um, they might be kind of a little bit controversial in some way. Uh, maybe I can kind of think of a whole host of potential politicians and um, journalists and things like that in real life that we that people do that <laughs> with. Um, and um, and then we're going to turn it around a little bit and then have a, a sort of who would you actually block on social media? So sort of maybe there's not so nice characters in fiction, and and then we'll bring it back to reality about at the end with maybe some authors that we we follow and would suggest following as well. So. To start off with, um, we'll start off with the who would be our best friends and why. So, Russell, do you want to start us off with that one? Yeah, sure. Um, before I begin, um, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, very simple one. Um, but many people keep offering me books to read. And I've got two rules about books. I'm sure, Chris and, and Judy, you know this because I've told you before. I ask two simple questions. Has it got any dragons in it? <laughs> uh, and has it got any zombies in it? And if the answer to both of those questions is no, then my response is, I'm not interested. I don't want to read the book. <laughs> Wait, and, the, and the reason I'm telling you that, in the long-winded way, is because my character is out of my all-time favourite book. And that book has no dragons and no zombies in it at all. Um, it's James Clavell's Shogun. Um, I read it many, many years ago, and I've never read a book that I wasn't so immersed in. The world that James Clavell created uh, was, was just so complete that I read the book all the way through and the second I, I finished reading it, I started it again and, began, and read it again uh, all the way through. And my favourite character, we'll get there eventually, and who would be my best friend, uh, is the uh, Lord Yoshi Toranaga, uh, who is a very powerful daimyo or lord uh, in 16th century Japan. And he appeals to me for a whole host of different reasons. He's actually considering he was, he's based on a, on a, on a real character called, I'll see if I get this right, Tokugawa Ayashu, who was actually a real character in, in Japanese history, who was actually the first ever shogun 
who is the all supreme leader, particularly military leader, who united the whole of Japan uh, in the 16th century. And Lord Taranaga is uh, James Cavill's fictional version of that. And what I really enjoyed about Lord Taranaga was the way that his character was portrayed. He's very powerful, but very patient man and played a, very much a long game throughout this. If you ever read the book, it's very, very long. It's about a thousand pages long, if I remember rightly. Uh, and his, all, his whole plan is to become the shogun, the ultimate military ruler of all Japan. Because in 16th century feudal Japan, it's all about power and politics. And he's the ultimate player. And I just love the interplay and the politics and the diplomacy of this character. But interesting enough, he was also, as I've said before, a very modern character because he was interested in learning. Uh, the main character is is, is a, an English uh, guy called John Blackthorne, who actually gets washed up on the shores of Japan uh, as part of a, a Dutch trading ship. And he finds so much out from John Blackthorne. And this appealed to me again about he wanted to understand the world outside Japan because it was a closed society at that time. Uh, so it was, on so many levels, he would be such a fascinating character to be friends with uh, and to and to learn about and to and to listen uh, to. So that's that's my without zombies, without without dragons. That's my favorite character. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and um have you got any other ones you meant to want to mention for a favourite one, or, or is that your chairman? That's my main one. I've got loads of others that I could certainly be friends with. I don't know, but I was thinking right. we'd maybe get onto that in a bit. Yeah. Again. Okay. No worries. Um, Judy, do you want to kind of throw in a few, uh, one or two kind of best friend ones? Well, it's quite strange, isn't it, how different people's tastes are. If it if it has dragons and zombies, I'd be inclined <laughs> to go. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I had to think about it and I thought I would really like to be friends with Vianne Roche from ah. Chocolat. I, I, I love where she stays in, in France. She arrives in a small French village at the start of Lent and she brings disapproval down on her head from the priest because, of all things, she opens a chocolate shop, <laughs> thus tempting his parishioners during their Lenten fast. Um, so I quite like that about her. Um, she's described, I like the way her description as well, she's described as taller than the average woman, with black curly hair, straight brows that would make her face stern if not for the amused quirk of her mouth. I just think that's a lovely description as well. She's She's friendly, she's charming, but she's stubborn as well. She stands up for what she believes in. And she has great powers of intuition. She helps lots of people in the village. She helps Josephine Muscat, who has a, a brutal husband who treats her really badly and is a drunk. And Vianne offers her a job in the chocolate shop and somewhere to stay. Um, because her thinking is, if you run away now from the village, you'll never stop running. So... She wants her to actually stay within the village and face up to her demons kind of thing. Um, she helps the old lady, Armand Voisin, to reconnect with her grandson when her um, her daughter is trying to keep them apart because she disapproves of her mother. She's very critical and spiteful, all under the name of religion. But um, Vianne Roshi kind of conquers that as well. Um but the thing is, she also makes chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't what, want a friend who uh, makes chocolate? Absolutely. And, 
yeah. Yeah, definitely. and who knows exactly the right chocolate for the right person <laughs> and how to cure their woes and how to make them feel better. So I would love to have her as a friend. <laughs> I would. I, I absolutely love the the part of your friendship was was due to the fact she could make chocolate. That's absolutely. Brilliant. <laughs> um, I'll uh, I'll kind of throw in. I think my top best friend would have to be Don Tillman from the Rosie Project. Um, I think he's such a fantastic character. He is. He's a scientist who, um, in, in the first book, uh, it's a part of a trilogy, the, the Rosie Project trilogy, and. Um, in the first book, he sets out to try and find his perfect partner. I mentioned it in the last podcast about that. And and Don is kind of um, so methodical and so out there when, it, when he's thinking sometimes that he kind of gets himself in sort of really awkward situations sometimes. And it, and he's he, he, I, I kind of sympathise a little bit with him sometimes in that front. I, I do actually kind of feel sometimes I'm, I'm kind of got similar traits to Don in, in real life in, in, in ways like that. And uh, I was talking about this with, with my wife last night and, and she actually said it's actually because he's a little bit like a little bit like you and me because if the person that he falls in love with in the Rosio project is the person who he doesn't really find as the kind of perfect person in his scientific model and, and Laura, Laura, my wife, claims that I, that, that me and her are basically that exact thing. <laughs> so, so but that would probably be my main kind of character that I would kind of pick as my my favourite one. Um, another one I want to quickly mention is Daniel Samper as well from The Shadow of the Wind, um, simply because um, the, uh, he he's he gets taken to the the shadow the the cemetery of forgotten books in the in the book so so he knows where that is he runs a bookshop in the later books with his, his the kind of family bookshop and it was just so he just kind of runs this sort of place that I would love to kind of go and visit and kind of sit and kind of chat with him in, in his bookshop and get get to know him a lot better so he's definitely another one of my what I would think would be one of my top friends um if we move on to kind of other friends on the list, Russell, you said you had kind of quite a sizable list of extra people, so let's, let's, have, let's have a few of them. Yeah, a fair few, and I, and I must say that Judy stole my thunder because the top of the list was Vienna, Russia. Oh, uh, really? Fabulous, fabulous. <laughs> so we're, we're not so different after we're not so different. We're not so different, yeah, no, absolutely not. No. I, I love Joanne Harris's novels. I think she's an absolutely stunning writer. I particularly love that you can, you can taste her food when she describes it. You know, I mean, my mouth's watering so many times I'm reading. Uh, uh, is it Five Quarters of the Orange is one of them. Where uh-huh. The descriptions of buckwheat pancakes, things like that, are just amazing. Uh, so I love Jan Rocha for all the reasons that you said. And she's she's an outsider. She takes on the establishment at a time when you shouldn't do that. You mm-hmm. know, and, and interestingly enough, and this is where the mythology comes into it, and you don't find out probably till later books, she's a witch as well. And she's a real witch, you know. Uh-huh. Not, you know uh, so I love I love Vian Rocha, absolutely. Um, I would also say, obviously, being a librarian like we all are, I have to mention the librarian, uh, but I didn't make him my main friend because he's an orangutan, uh, the librarian from Terry Pratchett, uh, and also because all he ever says is ook, so you really can't have a conversation <laughs> with someone who's all they can say is, is ook, uh, but I've always loved uh, the librarian uh, from, from, from Terry Pratchett's novels, uh, but also, and, and I'm sorry, magic and myth, and this has definitely got dragons in it, uh, Sir Samuel Vines. Um, Sir Samuel is, or just Sam Vines, as he starts off with. Uh, it, Sam Vines is is the the the, the chief who, copper in Ankh-Morpork, and he runs the City Watch. Uh, and then he meets uh, in, in later life, he meets his wife Sybil, 
who's Lady Sybil, so he becomes Sir Samuel Vimes. And he struggles with all that. He struggles with high society because he's just a beat copper at heart. And a lot of the books that Terry Pratchett wrote about Hank Walpock are based around Sam Vimes. It's probably one of his main main characters. And all the scrapes he gets into. And, and I just love the kind of down-to-earth nature uh, of Sam Vimes. I really do. Uh, and just a couple of those very quickly. I just finished reading um, Doctor Sleep, which is a follow-up to The Shining. Uh, and there's a character there called Danny Torrance. And Danny Torrance is in both The Shining as a six-year-old, five-year-old boy. And he's a much older man um, in, in Doctor Sleep. And it's all his trials and tribulations of dealing with The Shining, which is his mental capacities. And, uh, you know, being able to talk to people at great distances, move things, uh, project into someone else's uh, mind. Uh, but he also had to overcome alcoholism because of his abusive father, uh, and, and who was uh, very famously played by Jack Nicholson in the film of The Shining. Uh, so I, I, I thought Danny overcame a lot of things in, in Doctor Sleep uh, and was just a fascinating character. Um, and finally, I'll show up, uh, Elizabeth Bennet. I think, I think Elizabeth Bennet would be a, 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 just a fabulous person to know uh, and, to, and to, to, to listen to. Uh, pretty headstrong, like everybody. But I think she's such a well-rounded character that Jane Austen created, and obviously a very, very famous character. Uh, but it would be, be really interesting to know her. Fantastic. And Judy, do you have anyone you want to answer that? Well, again, you know, you chose a gorilla. I've chosen a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be. I'd like to be friends with Paddington Bear. <laughs> I think Paddington Bear is just so nice. He's brave and friendly and polite and trusting and adventurous. The only thing I wouldn't really share with him is I hate marmalade. What? And he, he loves marmalade sandwiches and <laughs> generally carries a spare one under his hat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that might work because he could have all the marmalade. And <laughs> I'd have the raspberry jam or something. Oh, I'm shocked you don't um, like marmalade. I'm shocked. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think. Paddington is just such a well-intentioned bear, but then everything always seems to go badly wrong for him. <laughs> when he first comes to live with the Browns, the first thing he does is flood the bathroom because he's used to breathing in a puddle rather than in a bath, so he's not quite sure. Then he gets lost in a department store and ends up as the window display. And then what else? At the seaside, he gets swept out to sea in his bucket and well, with his bucket and spade, but in his bucket. And then one of my very favourites, there's the grumpy man next door, Mr. Curry. And Paddington decides to do a magic show. So he borrows Mr. Curry's watch <laughs> to do a conjuring trick. But unfortunately, he's turned over two pages of his magic book at the same time and missed the vital bit. So grumpy Mr. Curry ends up without a watch and not very happy. Oh, dear. <laughs> but, Apart from Mr. Curry, I think you just can't help loving him. (laughs) Fantastic. Another person I would quite like to be friendly with is Mara Motsway from the number one ladies detective agency. I think she's just like such a wise kind of good person. I think she would make a quite a demanding friend possibly, Mm -hmm. but a good friend. Fantastic. I remember I actually went to listen to Alexander McCall Smith at the Edinburgh Book Festival a number of years ago, and he was talking about Manuel Ramotsky, and he, he said something to me that fascinated me about her, because she's such a full character that we all know and we know intimately, and he said that in none of his books he actually ever describe her, and he deliberately doesn't describe her because he wants to leave it to your imagination. 
And mm. so the power of his writing, I think, has shown that you know her really well. You know what she looks like, but he never really actually describes her. Mm, I suppose that's true. He describes her as traditionally built. Yes. So you yeah. imagine her being, yeah. you know, kind of big and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's interesting. Fantastic. Um, I will throw in a few more as well. Um, I did mention in the, the the last podcast that I do have a bit of a, a thing for young adult fiction and that will maybe kind of come across with a few of my extra friends that I want to put in. I have to have Katniss Everdeen in there because uh, who wouldn't want such a great survivor as a friend and to, to call on whenever, you, whenever you're in a bit, of, bit of pro, a bit of trouble, you can call on Katniss and she will be there and she is fiercely loyal. And always willing to kind of kind of put, kind of get involved in kind of saving anything that that she thinks is a worthwhile cause. Um, also, I have to also kind of go with uh, Hermione Granger as well. I, at mm-hmm. at school, I think I was a little bit of uh, the the kind of um, this studious person at school as well, and and she. So I think I've got a bit of a kind of affinity to her for for that as well. I. I kind of I, I like the fact that she's the one that kind of kind of swats up and everything and kind of finds out all the the kind of details from from reading the books and finding out everything and it's always kind of thinking about everything through before she actually kind of dives in a bit like some of the other characters like Harry and, and Ron. Um, I've got another ra- random one that you, you I'm almost hundred percent sure you guys might not know. Um, although Russell, you might actually have came across it since you so you've got kind of a thing for, for vampire novels. There's a book called Department Nineteen by Will Hill. Oh, no, it will. Yep. And and the character Larissa Kinley and there, I, yep. I have to put in Larissa Kinley. I, I came across um, Department Nineteen uh, because they followed me on Twitter whenever the first book was, <laughs> was launched, and, I, and yeah. I remember kind of thinking, "What on earth is this?" And I looked into it and found the book, and 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 I read it and and I loved it and. And Larissa stood out as such a great character for me. She, she just, she, she's, uh, she was kind of like, uh, uh, to me, she, she, she's like a more sociable version of Lizbeth Salander from uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, who I was also going to put on my list. So I mentioned her briefly too. Um, so that that's that's the one that I kind of probably was going to mention mainly. The other one, the other one I've read recently was um, How to Stop Time, and and the main character in that, Tom Hazard, is another fantastic character mm-hmm. because because in the book he lives um, kind of for a longer period because of a condition he has so he's he kind of lives longer than most sort of normal humans and so because of that he's kind of he's kind of been through various different generations and along the way he we find out that he's met various famous people at various stages in his life and I think it would just be very interesting to kind of be like part of one of his lives and, and kind of and, and kind of Hear hear what he had to say about kind of mm-hmm. the famous people, although he does kind of hide that uh, 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 he does have that kind of history behind them. Because for which will you find out if you do read the book why he does that? But um, but I think he would have been another interesting character to kind of get to know as well. Mm-hmm. Sounds a bit like um, Dorian Gray. Is it that kind of character a little bit? Um, maybe not. Maybe not as sinister. Maybe not as dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually um, like hundreds of years. You know, he's, yeah, he's lived uh, through mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. Of- yeah, I loved it, that book, and I loved him as a character as well. Yeah, he's a fantastic character, and he's he's got a bit of it. He kind of gets to know William Shakespeare and things like that, and, and things and and uh, various other kind of famous people as it goes on. And uh, and she and there's a lovely little bit for for Shakespeare kind of 
seems to know somebody else that that's got the the same condition as, mm-hmm. as Tom Hazard as well. And there's a wee kind of link there that, that between the two of them, which is just a kind of nice wee link. Um, but yeah, so that that was that be my other ones for the kind of other, who else pin. Probably this might be the this one and the next category might be the two most interesting ones possibly the, the sort of controversial characters who would follow but not necessarily want to be friends with so mm-hmm. so who so who would Russell who would you have in that part of the list right um, a character called Mr Striker uh, who is out of a Stephen King novel called Salem's Lot uh, Mr Striker is, is, a, is part of a duo Mr Striker and Mr Barlow and I'll talk about Mr Barlow later uh, and the ones I'd probably block uh, but Mr. Stryker is essentially a vampire's assistant. Uh, and he spends his time traveling the world, uh, which I thought that's why it'd be interesting to follow him, although he's very controversial, because he gets around a bit and you can see all these nice places he went to if, if he was taking pictures on Twitter or Instagram. Um, but he is the kind of, the, he's the, the assistant that goes into a town, checks it all out, makes sure it's okay for his master, the, the vampire, to come in and then helps his master come in and essentially take over the town and change them all to vampires. So, yeah, <laughs> quite, quite a controversial <laughs> character. He was actually really famously played by James Mason uh, in, the, uh, in, the, um, in the, 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 the first television series of Salem's Lot. In the, I think it was 79. Um, so it was, it was a fascinating character, interesting, and very articulate, very suave, very sophisticated and incredibly dangerous. Uh, so you'd, you'd follow him at, at you know at a distance on Twitter. I think is probably <laughs> is probably probably the advice for Mister Striker. And then I, I, I probably I thought Lord Voldemort might be an interesting one to follow, <laughs> although it'd be probably very controversial. And I also think that he'd probably have an awful lot of his tweets blocked uh, or removed yeah. by some uh, other person that we know of uh, <laughs> that, that recently. Uh, particularly is is his um, his views on. Um, on uh, mudbloods and, and and purity and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I th- although I think it'd be an interesting character of some of the things he'd say, I think he'd be quite quite a bad character. You'd probably disagree with ninety five percent of what he said, uh, and, and 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 you would probably not see an awful lot of it because he'd be blocked. And then finally, and I don't know if he, if he if he would actually say anything at all, but Sauron from uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, although I don't know, all, all you'd ever see probably there is just the eye. And he might not say an awful lot, you know, because <laughs> he's just there in the background as this kind of, you know, uh, menace, menacing th- character that runs through all the books uh, uh, of Middle Earth. But I was thought he might be interesting as well. You never know. Mm. I thought one that might be quite interesting is um, Sebastian Plight from Brideshead Revisited. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's clever and I think he would be good company but he's got so many troubles and kind of clinging to childhood. And then if you went out for a drink with him, he'd bring his teddy bear. So that could be quite embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe, you know, I'd just like to know what he's doing, but not actually be his friend. Uh, I, I actually also had Lord Voldemort on my list, um, <laughs> I, and and I think kind of for the similarities to certain politicians that you were you were alluding to earlier on, uh, Russell, um, uh, in a similar vein to that, and again uh, kind of h- hinting on the young adult thing, I also have President Snow from the Hunger Games on there as well, kind of uh, a similar vein, kind of like the, the sort of high up politician who you might not necessarily agree with um, politically, but you want to kind of know what he's kind of talking about. So I think you'd be an interesting one to have on your kind of follow list as well or, or maybe not necessarily even follow and just kind of look him up every so often to kind of see, yeah. see, see what he's been saying and, and yeah. kind of 
see if he if he if he said anything a bit controversial about about the the Hunger Games and, and anything yeah. or any other kind of part yeah. of life in in that world. You, you'd probably read his, you read his, um, if somebody had retweeted him, you wouldn't follow him. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, and and that's probably the, the the part that I'm kind of looking forward to most uh, is the, who we would block. Um, so this is a kind of turn it on our head a little bit. Who who are the controversial? Who's who are the, the sort of people who are maybe a little bit nasty in books that you maybe would not want to interact with in any way online? So who would you block, Russell? Top of my list would be Pennywise the Clown. Good choice. Definitely. You know, <laughs> I think he's a very, very dangerous character you wouldn't want anything to do with at all. Um, I've already mentioned Mr. Barlow, who's also called the Master, who is a vampire, a very ancient vampire who turns Thurm's lot into a into a nest of vampires. But interestingly enough, although I, I, I'm torn with Mr. Barlow, because in the book that Stephen King wrote, Mr. Barlow is, again, a very suave, sophisticated character that engages with his almost like a cat playing with his, with a mouse is a very very interesting character but in the original tv series he was just portrayed as a, a mindless monster like a nosferatu character uh, but so i'm a bit torn that I, would i block him or would i just follow him from afar um i'd obviously i would definitely block dracula uh you know see a theme here vampires <laughs> uh, you know and monsters um and also, I would, I would also, uh, there's, a, there's a character that appears in a couple of Stephen King novels called Randall Flagg. Uh, Randall Flagg appears in The Stand. He's one of the main characters in The Stand. But he also appears in the, in the Dark Tower series. And that's that crossover because Stephen King has, already, has always said that every book he's ever written has some kind of link to Midworld and the seven books in the Dark Tower series. And interesting enough, characters mm-hmm. that appear in the Dark Tower, Randall Flagg does, has appeared years and years before that in other novels like The Stand and Eyes of the Dragon. So and he plays an, a, a wizard in Eyes of the Dragon. And it all goes back to actually as a character in Midworld in um, the seven book uh, Dark Tower series. But so he's, again, very, very kind of evil character, but interesting and, you know, spicy kind of character that you, you'd, you'd like to try and understand a bit more of. But if you could, but I think because he's too dangerous and he wants to destroy the entire world, you'd probably just block him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe safer that way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Judy, who would you want to have on your block list? Well, strangely enough, I've chosen a character from a Stephen King novel as well. Ah. Maybe we're not so far apart. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're not. <laughs> um, the character that I've chosen is Big Jim Rennie from Under the Dome. Oh, Don't yeah, know if yeah. you can remember him. Yeah, no, yeah. He yep. was a, a used car salesman. I think apparently the character was based on Dick Cheney. Um, <laughs> but he became second selectman in the fictional town of Chester's Mill, where one day a glass-like dome appeared to fall from the sky and cover the whole town so that nobody could get in or out. And the book kind of deals with how all the different characters react to that. Um but Big Jim Rennie reacts to it by taking an opportunity to seize power. He kind of preys on the weaker characters. Um, he manages to make his son deputy police chief. Um, his son, who was actually in the process of strangling a girl when the dome came down, suddenly <laughs> is uh, second in charge of the police. Um, Big Jim Rennie is responsible for several deaths that happen. But in the meantime, it's all about, you know, religion and how how religious and pious he is and 
and says things like, gosh darn, when you know perfectly well what he means. And I just think he actually reminds me a bit of Donald Trump as well in some ways. <laughs> um, but I would block him from social media, apart from the fact that he would probably control the whole social media anyway, because <laughs> he's that kind of character. But yeah, I think he's the main one that I would choose. Fantastic. I, uh, my choice um, would be a character from the Elizabeth Haynes book, Into the Darkest Corner, who, the, who is Lee, Bright, uh, Lee Brightman, who is the, the main kind of bad guy in the story, really. Um, the, the story really is that um, the, the main character, Catherine, uh, has had a, a kind of bad relationship in the past with this, this character, Lee. Um, and he, at first, he kind of seems to be a, a nice guy, and gets all kind of her friends on board and stuff like that, but then kind of turns a bit abusive towards her, and it's, it's difficult for her to try and kind of make everyone kind of see his abusive ways in, in the story. And and it's and it's a and he and he had out of all the books I've read, he's probably the one bad guy who's ever really stood out for me, and and definitely would want to want to have on my block list. I actually was talking to Elizabeth Haynes about this last night, but whenever I was kind of looking up people. And she said that, that that she was she she thanked me for choosing him to be blocked, but at the same time also said that it might be difficult to block though because you'd probably reappear with a different alias, which uh, which is probably actually Very quite true. accurate and, and true yeah. uh, with it, Very uh, true. as you kind of find out more about the character if you read the book. Um, the other uh, person or set of people that I would probably like to to block um, is and this is kind of based on the, the the sort of movie version of the book really more more than the book, but. Um, I, I would have to kind of pick to block Edward Cullen and Bella Swan from Twilight because, <laughs> because not because they're bad people but because I, I don't think you could um, see all their selfies of, of their brooding kind of pictures and things like that all over my newsfeed all the time so I would definitely have to have them on my block list I think for sure <laughs> well, that, that That's probably the most controversial block of all that one <laughs> <laughs> Um and so, do we do we have any authors that uh, coming back to kind of reality a little bit and, and actual real people rather than fictional people? <laughs> is there any authors that we would that would suggest to any listeners that we would that are kind of good to follow on Twitter or on on Facebook, like, like their pages on Facebook and things like that? So, Russell, have you got anyone you want to throw in? Yeah, I, I must admit this is probably surprising enough the thing I struggle with the most uh, because I don't follow an awful lot of authors because I, I tend to find that quite a lot of them really quite boring i'll be honest <laughs> you know and all they really want to do is try and sell you the books or remind you of the i mean if i read one more author that says oh my work in progress and i'm struggling with this or you know it, it kind of drives you up the wall a little bit um but having said that there are a couple of authors i've already mentioned uh joanne harris i think is actually quite interesting she actually every now and again although she's not done it for a while she writes little mini short stories on twitter uh, she writes them in maybe 20 or 30 tweets. Uh, and I always found that really quite interesting. And she's got a lot of things to say. You know, she doesn't just try and chuck the, this is my latest work, please buy it kind of kind of thing. And I think controversially, Stephen King, and mainly because he just loves having a go at Donald Trump, you know, <laughs> and, and trying to wind him up all the time. You know, so it's interesting to see what's he going to say today and how's he going to get a rise out of, out of uh, the president, you know. And I'm afraid that's the only two I really I could come up with because, I, as I say, I don't really follow an awful lot of authors. Mm, I know what you mean. One that I enjoy on Twitter is Irvin Welsh. I mean, I obviously couldn't quote any of the things that he says, <laughs> but, you know, politically he says some 
quite well targeted things um and you know and it's it's funny as well so I quite quite like reading what he writes and also Marianne Keys I think she's very good on Twitter um okay. and again she kind of cares about a lot of causes and things like that yeah. um, but like you I don't follow a lot of authors uh, I uh, I do follow a lot of authors there's not so many that I really can interact with, I suppose, uh, uh, that much. Um, but I, I, as I mentioned before, Elizabeth Haynes is probably one of the ones that I do can interact with most on on kind of either Facebook or on social media and uh, on, on Twitter. And um, she, she she's uh, always quite she's just always very friendly and, and kind of chatty and, and always kind of she she does have kind of sort of her, her political views a little bit as well and there and things like that. So she's always quite quite interesting. Um, another one I was going to mention was Mason Cross because I do quite find a lot of Mason's um, tweets quite funny. Uh, he, he he does he has a humorous side to to his uh, social media work, uh, which uh, you might not think with these kind of kind of sort of thriller writing that he does, but he, he has quite a humorous character in there. And then the last one that I was going to give a mention to was Matt Haig as well, who I mentioned earlier. His book earlier. Um, I do think. Um, he he posts a lot of um, things online that I read, and then I think you know I I kind of agree with that quite strongly. So oh. so we kind of see we have quite similar opinions on a lot of things. Um, he recently did mention something about um, about um, Bill Gates being not being a a, a lizard and things like that. <laughs> so. I I I don't I think uh, I agree agree quite strongly with that one. I don't see Bill kind of having any kind of um, under uh, lizard under his skin or anything like that. But yeah, <laughs> so so I, I do kind of agree with quite a lot of those kind of things. So that's that'd be the ones that I would suggest that anyone out there uh, wants to kind of follow that they have a look at them. So and of course we we'd be doing ourselves a dis- disservice if we didn't tell you to follow the our library accounts as well. So. Um, we uh, we do have social media accounts on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. And you would be able to find us if you are interested in following us by looking up either Culture NL Libraries or Libraries NL. You should be able to find us on there somewhere. So do look us up and give us a little follow or a like. And of course, interact with us a little bit as well because we like to chat to you on there too, which, which is the most important part of social media. It's about all being social. So do feel free to get in touch with us. But I think that's kind of came to the end of our little chat. So thank you, Russell and Judy. I think those were really, really interesting suggestions mm-hmm. for our for interest. Um, thank you. And it was really, really fun. Um, tomorrow, uh, well, depending on when you, you, you've listened to this, it won't be tomorrow. But uh, um, this is going on live. And then the following day, once after it's live, we have social media posts going out um, for you to suggest your own fictional friends list. So if you do see that post, do let us know who you would have on there as well. But that's what's kind of come to the end of this episode. Do watch out for future episodes as well. Um, and we will um, be back with you soon with more interesting sessions. So thank you, guys, and we'll see you all again soon. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Bye, everyone.